Hi everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Under the Covers with Eve. It's Sunday, December 20th, almost Christmas, awesome. And um, this week I'm going to talk about something that I've been asked a lot about, but I will, I will admit from the very beginning, this is a very controversial subject. So I want to remind you again, you know, these are just my opinions. You don't have to agree with me, but I, I do hope you'll think about what I have to say. Anyone who's heard pretty much anything I've ever done knows how much I love men. This comes as no surprise, I'm sure. And um, occasionally I'll get comments like, oh, feminists must hate you, you know, and, and things like that. Plus, I have gotten questions lately about what I think about the feminist movement and some of the uh, men's rights movements that have sprung up in response. So, I thought I would just go over some of the things that I have found out about it and um, why I don't consider myself a feminist. Now, first of all, let me just preface this by saying that for the sake of this audio, I'm going to be talking about things as they are in what I consider to be the first world. North America, Europe, Scandinavia, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, essentially anywhere that considers itself first world or Western in its attitudes. I'm not going to discuss the realities of the developing world, other than maybe it's an occasional contrast, because frankly, that's a whole other ball of wax. Being a woman in the African country of Sierra Leone, where your life expectancy is about 32, is vastly different than being a woman in Japan, where life expectancy is about 87. Certainly, in some parts of the world, being a woman is a definite hazard for all sorts of reasons. And I just want you to know that I don't have a first world centric view of things as if nothing else exists. I'm just going to limit the scope of what I talk about to what's going on in the Western world. Okay, so feminism. Wow. Huge topic, really. If you follow social media at all, particularly Twitter, you're probably very aware of the current battle being waged between what are deemed militant feminists, or radfems as they're called, and other groups like uh, those involved in the Gamergate and, and so on. In fact, if you're a guy, you're probably very aware of feminist rhetoric to some degree. You've probably heard the terms patriarchy and rape culture and how women don't make as much money as men for the same job and in you know, all kinds of nastiness. And you've probably felt a vague sense of guilt about the whole thing. And honestly, this is just too big a topic to go into each example in great detail. So let me just say this. A lot of what you hear either isn't entirely accurate, is a misinterpretation of statistics, or in some cases, uh, as with the famous uh, Rolling Stone story or the 2006 Duke University lacrosse team scandal in which three team members were falsely accused of rape, it's just completely made up. Bottom line, no matter what you've heard, I think it's important for a woman like me to stand up and say that not all women identify with feminism, because we don't. And the main reason for me is that I really object to the new focus of feminism which seems to be less concerned with equal rights and more about demonizing men. Now, if you believe that feminism's roots lay in freeing women and gaining equal rights 
for all. Um, and again, there's plenty of evidence that this was never the main purpose of it, but even if you accept this notion, then it really should be clear that this movement has achieved its goals, and then some. And it's time to de-escalate, not um, strap on even more ammunition. From my perspective, there has never been a better time to be a woman than right now. Women have never had it so good, in every possible way. We are more economically and socially independent, more in control of our fertility, more educated, and essentially more free to do whatever the hell we want than ever before. We have equal protection and representation under the law. We can work and support ourselves. We don't have to marry or depend on male relatives. We can have babies or not have babies. We can even marry other women now in many places around the world. We are on equal footing with men in terms of opportunity in business and politics. And I don't think that a lower number of female CEOs or politicians is any kind of glass ceiling. In many cases, women just don't want these positions. It's not as though anyone is forcing them out. In some constituencies, for example, political parties with a stated policy of filling X number of positions with women are having a hard time because there just aren't that many women running for election. So it's hard to argue that they're being kept down when they don't even want to run for office in the first place. Women who have chosen to go into politics do quite well. Angela Merkel, Margaret Thatcher, Benazir Bhutto, Indira Gandhi, Golda Meir, Hillary Clinton, you know, many of whom were elected many, many years ago and in countries typically considered male-dominated. They kind of uh, give lie to the idea that women can't advance in politics. But it goes even further than that. Women have made really impressive gains in education, outperforming men almost all across the board, earning more bachelor's degrees and graduate degrees in all areas. In a typical American college class these days, 58% are women. And that's just the average. At one um, at the Florida Atlantic University, 64% of the graduates were women. And women got 75% of the honors degrees and 79% of the highest honor, the summa cum laude. Now, there are three main areas, engineering, business, and computer science, where women aren't the majority. But based on these numbers, I'd have to say it seems likely that women just don't choose these fields of study, not that they are being kept down or prevented from entering them. Female students outnumber males in law and medicine, so why would engineering be any different if they chose to pursue it? I think any complaint that women are underrepresented in these fields is just false. Uninterested um, is not underrepresented. And it really bothers me when I see complaints about how girls are left behind in high school science and math, considering what's happening to boys in pretty much every subject and from a very early age. The uh, UK Department of Education found that 53% of boys were failing to achieve what they call a good level of development by the age of five. I mean, five, even by five, boys are falling behind girls in things like writing their names and reciting the alphabet. And that just spells disaster for their future educational goals. Statistics Canada reported in 1999 that 15% of 20-year-old men hadn't finished high school. 
Well, only 9% of 20-year-old women hadn't. And something else that's really troubling, really troubling, is the explosion in the use of Ritalin for boys. It's basically an amphetamine given to boys so they will calm down and be, I don't know, less boy-like, I presume. You know, sit still, don't look out the window, you know, don't be a little boy, basically. Um, a story in Esquire magazine revealed that by the time they reach high school, 20% of American boys will have been diagnosed with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, and medicated with Ritalin or other stimulants. And there are major, major side effects to this drug that can even cause sudden death. Some psychiatrists call this pathologizing boyhood, and I have to agree, it seems to me that the education system is just failing these boys. A kid who can focus intently on his PlayStation for four hours after school is not attention deficit. He just needs a different approach at school. He doesn't need to take speed. But anyway, um, again, too big a topic to really go into. But I've provided links to everything that I mention here. You can definitely look up anything that I talk about here. Now, as for the supposed wage gap, you've probably heard that women make something like 75% of, you know, every dollar that men make or something. Again, this is really huge and complicated, too much so to get into, but I'm going to direct you to some really excellent analysis of this by the economist Thomas Sowell, who sheds some light on this issue and how it's not as accurate as you might have thought. And it wasn't even 40 years ago when it first arose as a talking point. It should also be clear that women these days have embraced their sexual freedom. We no longer face societal or family pressure to marry and stay home with babies if we don't want to. We can prevent pregnancies, and we can terminate them if they do occur. Something which, by the way, men have no say in. Men don't have the right to not be a parent if they get a woman pregnant. Because it's her body, she can decide to do whatever she wants, and if she does decide to keep the baby, the father has no choice but to pay for her decision. Uh, it's pretty unfair. Um, it's as though the courts say to guys, well, you should take responsibility, or, you know, you should have kept your fly zipped up, or whatever, and yet they never say that to women who want an abortion. I mean, can you imagine if someone said, well, honey, you know, you spread your legs, so you're going to have to have this baby, like it or not. And yet that's pretty much what we say to men. You know, for the next 18 years, you're going to have to support this child, all because you couldn't keep it zipped up. It's, it's really unfair. In fact, there have been some cases of men being forced to pay child support even after it was discovered that the kid wasn't even his. And there was a man who was statutorily raped at 14 by his babysitter. He was forced to pay child support for the baby that resulted. And this one... This blows my mind. There was a case in Texas in which a woman stole her boyfriend's semen from a used condom, inseminated herself, and then sued him for child support. And she won. It's truly mind-boggling. Um, again, check out these links if you want, because it's, it's hard to believe, I know, but it is actually happening. Oh, and when it comes to domestic abuse, wow, this is probably the thing you will hear the most about and the most figures thrown at you. And again, honestly, this is a case of creative statistics. Most domestic violence is reciprocal. And this is backed up 
by decades of research. And yet, when a female researcher presented this to a conference on domestic violence, when she, when she had the nerve to say that men are as often victims of domestic abuse as women are, um, her dog was killed, and she and her family received death threats from radical feminists who didn't like the fact that she wasn't sticking to the party line, that women are the only victims of partner abuse. So investigate this for yourself if you're interested. But, um, but recently, um, the only male shelter for victims of domestic abuse in Canada was shut down due to a lack of funding. And the owner uh, was called a perpetrator, not a victim. People, feminists just told him there was no way he could be a victim, that he, as a man, was a perpetrator. It's just one example of the kind of zealotry and hatred that you'll find aimed at anyone who tries to understand a complicated issue like partner abuse and help those of both sexes who suffer from it. So, so what the hell is going on here? I mean, what are feminists going on about? Seriously, to my mind, it seems to me like the only thing women have left to complain about, again, in the Western world, at least, is the fact that men still find women sexually attractive. That seems to be what it's all about these days. I can't help but think this every time I see some speech given by a woman about how the female characters in video games have breasts that are too big, or any time I see someone tweet with outrage that her pizza delivery guy had the nerve to text her later and ask her out. Oh my god, oh, he violated my trust. What trust? He's the pizza guy. <laughs> Seriously, it really seems as though radical feminists are just incensed that men like women and want to have sex with them. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the main problem I have with modern feminist rhetoric. I think that whatever good is being done by feminism is far, far outweighed by the damage that is being done in two main areas. First, if you start bemoaning every single time a man so much as looks at you, if you start calling every look or smile or invitation on a date as harassment, if you treat every instance of a man being attracted to a woman as some sort of sexist offense, you diminish the impact of any real harassment that might happen. I mean, if every text from a pizza boy is an assault, then it's going to make the guy who truly does stalk you or, or drug your drink or rape you or whatever, it's going to make that less of an issue. This is why I really, really hate that Canada does not make a distinction between sexual assault and rape. Rape is just aggravated sexual assault. But it essentially lumps it in with, like, unwanted touching. So by classifying rape in the same category as giving a woman an unwanted kiss on the cheek, you see where I'm going with this? You not only make something relatively harmless into a major crime, but you make a major crime on par with something relatively harmless. And it can get out of hand so quickly, it's, it's insane. A six-year-old boy in Colorado was suspended from school for sexual harassment because he kissed a girl on the hand during story time. I'm not making this up. I wish I was. <laughs> it's just, it has really gotten out of hand. Plus, all these false rape accusations uh, in the U.S. particularly, they really, really undermine any real incidents of rape and make them harder to prosecute or even report. 
And this is women doing this, women falsely reporting rape and causing all this grief. And if you're going to say, well, that's just one woman, and, and so on, or not all women are like that, then, you know, if you're truly striving for equality, then you'd have to say the same thing about men. You'd have to be willing to say about a rapist or a stalker or whatever, well, that's just one man, and not all men are like that. But feminists don't do that. There are militant feminists out there advocating the Twitter hashtag, kill all men. And in the past, there have been university groups with names like women hating all men. Um, there's just too many. There's just too many. There are people who will happily go on to social media and, and just announce that they just hate all men. They're, they're completely okay with saying it. And no one seems bothered by this. In fact, you're more likely to get even more abuse heaped on you if you protest this kind of thing. And will likely get deluged with crap about how it's time men stepped aside and took their hits and, oh, poor baby, you know, and all this utter nonsense that I've seen about this. I've literally seen women take one unfortunate example of a friend betraying her or, or, or assaulting her, and then she takes it and says, I'm okay with saying I hate all men now, and I don't see why any woman with half a brain wouldn't hate men. You know, this kind of thing. It's just really out of hand. And this leads to my second reason which I would venture to say is the more impactful of the two, is that what you do to men in general by treating everything they say and do um, and, and their very existence as an affront and an offense is just awful. Men these days are quite often just baffled. They're at a complete loss as to what to do, what to say, how to be. I mean, they're criticized and even arrested for how they sit on a subway seat. Manspreading, as it's called, which I, I love, I have to say. I mean, I find it very sexy when men sit that way. But anyway, <laughs> honestly, to begrudge a man a way of sitting so that he doesn't crush a part of his anatomy and to not complain about women who take up seats with bags and baby stuff and whatever, I mean, it's just horrible. The main thrust of feminism in the Western world seems based solely on men's sexuality, and also on images of sexy women. Both are the ultimate evil, it seems. Feminists who really couldn't give a rat's ass about female genital mutilation in the Sudan or acid attacks in Pakistan or Malala being shot for advocating education for women, they'll go absolutely apeshit over an ad for protein powder in the London underground that asks if your body is beach ready, you know, and shows a fit woman. This is the pressing issue to them. They claim that this is how they are fighting the good fight, but I've honestly never seen such a non-issue, such a first-world problem in my life. There are very, very real problems facing women and men in the developing world. And honestly, when I hear all this outcry about something so stupid, I can't help but think, you ask a young girl who's about to be whipped because she was raped, whether she'd trade that for having to look at a poster as she passes by on her way to work in one of the most advanced countries in the world, you know she would trade you in a second. It's not all part of the same thing, as some claim. It's not a slippery slope. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense directed at men for finding women attractive. And no, it's not about men only finding skinny models attractive. Because anyone with common sense can look around and see all sorts of couples 
where women of all ages and shapes and sizes and colors and you name it have found a loving partner. It honestly seems squarely aimed at men's very sexuality. The fact that they find an image of female beauty or sexuality stimulating or inspiring. Men are called out all the time for hitting on women, for making advances. They are warned not to compliment the appearance of women they work with, so they're afraid to talk to women on the street or public transit, even in bars. And this is not just aimed at men who like the hotties, you know, this is everybody. I mean, there aren't that many Victoria's Secret models working nine to five in offices and malls, and yet every workplace has strict codes of conduct in place for what a man can and can't say or do to his female co-workers. So it's everybody. If a man likes a woman, it's like a red flag to the feminist-based culture that we're living in. And I think it's absolutely castrating men and decimating their self-esteem. Because when a guy can't even pleasantly and respectfully ask his co-worker out or tell her she looks nice or flirt with her, and so he goes home and tries to unwind with a video game or something, he's reminded that these fantasy depictions of big-boobed female characters are sexist. <laughs> that the porn he likes is sexist and harmful to women. That the model he likes to look at gives women anorexia. That the movies he likes to watch are part of the sexist Hollywood conspiracy to employ only young, thin women, you know? If he looks up to heroes like Dr. Matt Taylor, the NASA scientist who managed to land a rocket on the comet Philae. I mean, this guy's fucking rocks. He, he landed a... <laughs> I, I just have to give this guy mad props. He landed a rocket on a comet. I mean, seriously, this guy's incredibly cool. But, <laughs> you know, all you're going to see of him is him being tearfully apologetic because his shirt had naked ladies on it. You know, the shirt, by the way, was designed by a woman. And so if the same guy now turns on the TV to unwind with some non-sexual escapism, he's likely to see movies and TV shows that paint men as either hopeless idiots with long-suffering wives, like Homer Simpson and Ray Romano or Tim Allen, or, or just outright idiots like the Trailer Park Boys, and so on. And if you think these are too old school, just remember, you spent your formative years watching this man-hating crap. <laughs> and uh, I th this week I was watching some Christmas-themed movies, and almost all of them had this as a kind of a central storyline. Dad works too much. He's forgotten the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, no one ever mentions that Dad is the one who has to pay for this house in the suburbs, and all the Christmas presents, and so on. He's supposed to keep on being an excellent provider, but if he misses that piano recital, wow, you're an asshole, Dad. <laughs> so basically what this boils down to is that for me, I can't get behind a philosophy that does so much harm to a group of people that I really love and admire, and does it supposedly in my name, when I do not feel the least bit repressed or held down by these people. In fact, as a woman, I feel as though I'm part of the ruling class, if I'm being honest. Just being a woman gives me so many advantages in the society in which I live. There was a recent court case here in which a couple were both convicted of insurance fraud for staging a car accident. 
And the way the prosecution was asking all these leading questions of her, like, did your husband compel you to take part in this? And, and did he threaten you if you didn't go along with it? You know, and stuff like that, which, to her credit, the wife vehemently denied. But in the end, he was sentenced to jail and she was set free. I've seen advertisements and billboards pulled down because a woman complained that she didn't like it. I've seen things like the topless girl in the UK's page three get the axe because women said they didn't like it. There's even a criminal harassment case going on in Toronto because some guy got into a hissy fit on Twitter with some radical feminists. And now they're trying to claim that they felt threatened and feared for their safety over it. And I've read the court transcripts. This is definitely nothing like what actually happened between these people. It's insane. Free speech is gone. You used to have the right to be a jerk and say what you wanted. But now, if a woman doesn't like it, she can bring you up on criminal charges and ruin your life. I'm not surprised that this upswing in militant misandry has led to equally radical groups of men's rights activists and the new movement called Men Going Their Own Way, which essentially advocates men disengage from lives with women almost completely. The truth is, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want men to feel sorry for me. I don't want to feel threatened and traumatized because other women look better in bikinis than I do. I don't want to blame men for all the problems in the world. I don't want to use my sexuality as a weapon. And I don't want men to feel bad about being men. I don't want to manufacture statistics that make women's problems look worse than they are, all the while completely ignoring men's problems. And I don't want the actions or attitudes of the worst among men to paint all men with the same brush, which is what everyone is encouraged to do regarding terrorism and Islam, and yet which doesn't seem to extend logically to individual men in the minds of many feminists. I know that men and women are fundamentally the same, and that the small differences between us make our attraction to each other more enjoyable. I know there are bad people of both sexes, and I know that women have had to overcome restrictive religious and political ideas about their sovereignty over the years, as have many men. But the way things are now, I think it's like a kind of mass hysteria that has taken over women's studies at university and infected the media, and it's absolutely ruining men and their relationships with women. Whatever issues women might still face, there's always an equal issue that men face. Society is far from perfect, and everyone at one time or another has been treated unfairly or faced discrimination, but if we want it to stop, we can't start slinging mud at each other and blaming each other for all of our troubles. So let me end this just by saying I love men, and that not all women believe this radical philosophy. If you are a man who feels vaguely guilty about being a man or being sexual, please don't. Please at least investigate this further before you buy all the hype and propaganda you're being fed about how terrible women have it and how rotten you are for having a penis, you know. Please educate yourself before you let it get to you. There is one um, self-styled but very reasonable feminist that I really admire called Christina Hoff Summers, and she has always been, to my mind, rational, fair, sensitive, and willing to take all the facts into consideration. 
She has written a lot of books about the damage being done to boys by militant feminism while championing equal rights for women. So if you want some balanced opinions on any of the issues swirling around these days, I recommend you check out her site. Um, as I said, I've also listed um, links to pretty much all the things that I mentioned in this in this episode, just so you can check it out for yourself. So, thanks for sticking with me in this kind of touchy subject. I hope I've given you some food for thought. Please don't email bomb me if, if you don't agree with some of my opinions. I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just trying to give you my thoughts and give you something to think about. So, I will see you next week. But in the meantime, if you celebrate Christmas, enjoy your holidays. And um, I hope Santa is very good to you. Please come back next Sunday, where I'll probably talk about something a little less controversial. <laughs> Thanks again for joining me. Have a great holiday and a great week. Bye-bye. <laughs>